well, I have my work cut out for me tonight. It's really difficult, you know. I can remember growing up, missionaries come through, and uh, they tell you the stories, but it's, it's difficult to put you there, you know, to really understand what it's like to be in Mozambique, Africa. And so tonight, I would like for you to imagine with me, if you would, just for a moment. You saw some of the faces, you saw some of the sights, kind of what Mozambique looks like. But I want you to imagine for a moment what it would be like to grow up in the country of Mozambique. You'll most likely be born into a family that struggles to make more than a dollar or two per day. Mozambique is one of the poorest countries in all of the world. You would most likely be born into a single-parent household, and even if you weren't, you probably wouldn't see your father very often as he was working all day long. You would grow up learning how to survive, how to make do with what you were given, and to always work hard and to stay diligent. However, you would most likely be learning something, uh, a religion that you would practice, which is animism. And animism is ancestor worship. It is literally worshiping your ancestors that have gone before you. It is, uh, instead of going to pastors and teachers and people in your time of need or even doctors, they will go to witch doctors. And these witch doctors will give them certain sacrifices that if you perform these sacrifices, they might outweigh your curses and bring you blessings in this life. If you didn't subscribe to animistic beliefs, you would most likely grow up in a Catholic home, which is roughly what 30% of the people would believe. Now you, find, you might think, well, that's great. They're Christian. Nothing could be farther from the truth. They have no idea about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Have no clue. You saw uh, some of the footage there of the cathedral there. That is just one of the many that are in Mozambique. Uh, it's a religion that tells the people that through their good works that God will accept them. That God will honor their good works and let them into heaven one day because of what they have done. That is the opposite of the Bible. That is the opposite of biblical Christianity. And yet, can you imagine your whole life not even making more than a dollar or two per day? And that's all you've ever known. I mean, you're trying to be a good person. You're trying to do good things. You've gone through war and corruption and poverty, and you can barely make enough money to get by. And these religions are, are, are selling you a bill of goods that is a lie. It is a lie straight from the devil that will tell them and keep them in darkness and, and blind your mind so you don't even know about the God who created you. So one day when you die, you'll stand before a God you thought you were worshiping your whole life, and he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. And they say, but Lord, did we not do so many wonderful things? We casted out devil. We did all these things. God said, it's never about what you could do all about what I did for you on Calvary. And the Mozambican people will face a shocking reality at the day of judgment that God is not impressed with their good works, but only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ we have forgiveness of sins. You know, the good news of the Bible in Romans 10 is, uh, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that a great promise? doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter what your political leaning has been. God says, if you call upon him for salvation, he saves you at that moment. It's a free gift. And yet, the Bible continues to say, but uh, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? You know what the Apostle Paul says? He says, if you want to see the spiritual condition of a country, a nation, anything, you judge it by the preachers. Is there anybody that's preaching the gospel? 
You know, this area, this community is blessed to have Beacon Baptist Church, where you can come and hear somebody faithfully open up the Word of God week after week. And because of that, there's hope. Listen, I don't know what you're trusting in, but I can tell you for a fact that trusting in Joe Biden or the political system or the Republican Party or anything else is not going to fix the situation in America. If it were not for gospel-preaching churches in our day and age, God would do away with America. He is no respecter of persons. You know what the answer is for our nation that's dying, that's hurting, that's on its way to hell? It's not a new president, even though we might like that. It's not a new uh, political system. It's not a new way of thinking. It's not any of these things that are being taught and promoted in our universities. It is what it has always been. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation. 2,000 years later, in 2023, the gospel still saves people. Aren't you thankful for that? The gospel still restores marriages. The gospel still takes broken things and makes them whole again. God does great things with people that are willing to preach his gospel. It's not in us. It's not in our power. It's not what we can do. It's in the power that he's already manifested in the good news of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. You, you can imagine if you were to grow up and, and doing all these sacrifices and doing all these good things. And finally, maybe somebody in your community in, invited you to a church, invited you to an area of Mozambique called Matola, where a missionary had gone and planted a church, Igreja Bautista Esperanza. What is that? That is Hope Baptist Church. And for the very first term very first time in your life, somebody opened up the Word of God and showed you from the Bible how you can know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And for the first time in your life, you realize your religion's not good enough, your heritage isn't good enough, your political standing isn't good enough, but God in heaven loved me so much, He died on the cross for my sins and offers me a free gift of salvation. Can you imagine growing up, being so entrenched in that religion, and finally understanding the reality of who this God is that you've been trying to worship all along. Friend, that is the impact that a local church can make. That is the impact that the gospel of Jesus Christ can make. But as the Bible says, how can, how, how, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach except they be sent? We believe that the gospel is still powerful enough today. And tonight we're really going to look at the effects of the hidden gospel that we read from 2 Corinthians 4. I also had it in my video there, but Paul is writing to the church of Corinth that he saw planted during his second missionary journey. You can read about it in Acts chapter 18, but he worked there for approximately a year to a year and a half. Corinth was a city that was surrounded by paganism and idolatry and all this spiritualism and, and terrible things that were going on in the city of Corinth. I mean, you might could compare it to Mozambique or even our world today and how they were just enslaved to the pleasures of this life. They were enslaved to themselves and enslaved to anything that makes me feel good. Let me partake in that. And here's the amazing thing about the Corinthian church. When Paul showed up to this city of darkness, this city of death, this city of paganism and idolatry. When Paul showed up and preached the gospel, here's the amazing thing that happened in Corinth. People got saved. God changed lives. And you know, I believe that 2,000 years later, God is still doing that same work. In 2023, God is still changing lives. Aren't you thankful for that? Even in Mozambique, Africa, you say, what's your plan, Brother Josh? My plan is to go preaching the gospel. It's the Bible plan. I can come up with my, you know, 
things that I think are best to do and things that I think will work, but it's not going to happen unless the power of God is preached through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that's powerful enough to make a difference in our world today. And even in a place like Mozambique, Africa, we pick up in chapter 4 where Paul discusses some major points about the gospel that we all ought to pay attention to. So three points, and I'll be done tonight. Firstly, we see the power of the gospel. I've entitled this message, The Hidden Gospel, by the way, as you will see from verse number 3, as the Bible says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You know, the Bible says, Paul writes here in inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that if our gospel is hidden, that means veiled or concealed or out of sight, it is hid to them that are lost. And you might say, well, isn't that an obvious statement? I mean, if our gospel is hidden, then lost people don't know about it. Okay, now that is an obvious statement, but Paul says, listen, you want to know why I go from city to city, from house to house, from place to place, suffering persecution after persecution? Because if our gospel be hid, the only hope of all nations everywhere, if our gospel be hid, it is hidden to those that are lost. It is hidden to the people of Mozambique. It is hidden to the people all around the world and even in Jupiter, Florida, that don't know Jesus Christ. If our gospel's hid, it's hid to them that are lost. The Apostle Paul reminds us about the weightiness of the gospel, that we are to be ambassadors or representatives of Christ wherever we go. And where the gospel has not reached, we are to recognize the severity of the situation. When you look at a place like Mozambique that has so few preachers, understand that you need to look at this through a spiritual eye. You need to understand that there are millions upon millions of people that are dying every single day. But the average life expectancy in Mozambique, it would be rare for you to make it to 50 years old or beyond. I mean, it would be rare because the healthcare system is so poor in this country. So you've got 50 years and millions of people, and they're all headed to a Christless eternity with nobody to share the good news of the gospel. Listen, church, you say, well, that's the missionary's job. That's the pastor's job. That's their job. We can point fingers all we want to, but the Apostle Paul reminds us that if our gospel be hid, the buck stops with us. We are the church of Jesus Christ that has been tasked with reaching the world with the gospel in our generation. Every generation that has passed on has handed the, the baton of the gospel down to us. And here we are in 2023, and if God has still given you a heartbeat, he still has a plan for your life. You are here for a reason. You are here for a purpose. And God wants to use your life to do something amazing for his honor and for his glory. In the first part of verse 4, we continue reading, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. In the first part of verse 4, Paul continues to set the stage of the condition of the world. He says, listen, it's not just that people don't know about the gospel. It's that, that we face an enemy that has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Church, do you know that you face an enemy today? Do you know that you have an adversary that the Bible says he walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour? Even if it's entire nations that he can devour with religion, with idolatry, with false truth and without the gospel the bible makes it clear that we are fighting a spiritual battle mozambique right now is in a spiritual battle 
Jupiter, Florida right now is in a spiritual battle. And the only thing the Apostle Paul says is powerful enough to break through that and to break through the power of the enemy that's blinding them with religion is only one thing. And it's not me, it's not you, it's not our programs, it's not our buildings, it's not our music programs. Listen, the only thing that is powerful enough to break through the hearts of men and to pierce through the greatest darkness around the world is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. That he was dead, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day for our justification, that he offers us a free gift of salvation to everybody who calls upon him as a free gift. Not of works we have done, but according to his mercy, he hath saved us, the Bible says. It's the only thing powerful enough. The devil wants to stop the word of God from going forth. He has no problem with religion in Mozambique. You know, the devil has no problem with religion because he knows there's no power in it. The devil has no problem with idolatry because he knows that nothing is going to come of it. But as soon as you say, we are going to preach the gospel in this place, Expect to find the adversary. Expect to find opposition to what God is doing. And as we go forth, even here at this church, understand you are fighting a spiritual battle for your family. You are fighting a a spiritual battle in America for the next generation. You know, the next generation is is going away from God in America. The, The next generation is going away from the church. And we can point our fingers and everything, but listen, we know what the answer is, and it's not us. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. It's the same answer that it's always been. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Second part of verse 4 states that this gospel that has been hidden, the devil's trying to prevent, is the only thing strong enough to pierce through the darkness and make a difference wherever it is brought. He continues in verse 5. He says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. In ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. You know what Paul says here? He gives you a model of ministry here. And it's very simple. It's two things. Paul says, listen, we go and we preach Christ and we serve others selflessly. You want a you role model of what this church, Beacon Baptist Church, ought to be in this world? It is to preach Christ and to serve others selflessly. And that's what Paul did. And as we go to Mozambique, that's what we seek to do. Because we, re- we recognize and we realize there's no power in and of themselves. I can't muster enough, enough strength and, and preach a good enough message that will make the Mozambicans flood to Christ. But the Bible says that if, if Jesus be high and lifted up, he will draw all men unto himself. So as we lift high the name of Jesus, we know that God will do a great work in Mozambique. Not only do we see the power of the gospel, but skip down to verse number 16. We see the perseverance of the church. So not only the power of the gospel, but the perseverance of the church. Look at verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You know, when we look at the situation of the world around us, and missionaries might come to your church, and they present the great need of the gospel. And you say, you know, there's millions upon millions of people, and and there's all these people that are lost and going to hell. and, And honestly, Brother Josh... Is is there any reason even to continue on? I mean, Jesus is coming back soon. I mean, there's such a great task of preaching the God. There's so many people that don't know the truth of God's word. Is it really even worth it to continue on? Well, you know what Paul said? He says, listen, for the cause of knowing the power of the gospel. Listen, knowing that God is still in control, knowing that God is still doing something in 2023. He says, listen, we faint 
not. We have a reason to not get out of the fight. If you're still alive and breathing, God wants you in the game. There's no second string on God's team. There's only people in the game or on the sidelines, but it's your choice. And God wants us to get in the game. To say, listen, it, now's not the time to slack up. Now's not the time to back off. Now is the time, right before I believe Jesus comes back, to do all that we can for the glory of God. To do all that we can to see the gospel preached worldwide. To do all that we can to please our Savior that died for us, that rose again, that offers us a free gift of salvation, and that has blessed us beyond all measure. Our reasonable service to our King is to give our lives to share in the gospel with those that do not know, even where you are. Listen, when I say this, you don't have to go to the depths of Mozambique, Africa, for God to use you and for you to see the power of the gospel in action. Listen, God wants you to be a soul winner where you are, right here in Jupiter, Florida. On Monday morning with your coworkers, God wants you to be a soul winner. God wants you to be a witness for him. And God wants you to see what he can do with somebody that's willing to preach the gospel of Christ. Paul says, for this cause we faint not. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The Apostle Paul reminds us there that it's a, a day by day renewing of ourselves. Aren't you thankful that his mercies are new every single morning? You know, some of you in here, you might know Jesus as your Savior. But, but some of you may not recognize him as your sustainer. And the same gospel that was powerful enough to save your soul from hell is the same gospel that's powerful enough to keep you in life no matter what trial, no matter what storm, no matter what difficulty that you might face today. That same God is willing and able to sustain you. The one that pulled you out of the miry clay and set your feet upon a solid rock. That same God can see you through no matter what you are going through in your life right now. That same God can help you and sustain you. And Paul says, listen, not only is Jesus my savior, Jesus is my sustainer. He's the one that renews me every single day to continue moving on and pressing forward for him. And I believe God can do that for us even today. Continuing down to verse 17, Paul helps us to put in perspective our problems that we face in this life. He says, for our light affliction, hold the phone, Paul. I mean, is this the same Paul that was shipwrecked? Is this the, the, the same Paul that was bitten by snakes, that was stoned by his own people, that was left for dead, that was an outcast in his society, that went from the top of the religious elite to the bottom class of society, constantly on the run, never knowing where he was going to sleep at night? I mean, that's a, looking from the world's perspective, you would say Paul is a failure. He left everything to become nothing. You know, Paul says, this is a light affliction. A light affliction. Continue reading, which is but for a moment. But for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Paul says, listen, you know what keeps me going in this life is recognizing and having the right perspective of my problems and my difficulties and the things that I face in this life. You know, God wants you to have the right perspective. When, when, when I put my problems and the things that I go through in light of eternity and in light of all that God has done for me, we can agree with the Apostle Paul in Romans 12 where he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know what's reasonable for you to do? To give your life to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
When you understand all God has done for you in saving you and purchasing you and, and, and blessing you beyond all measure, the least that we could do is give our life back to him. But listen, church, the greatest lie that I believe that the devil has told us today is that God cannot use you. You fill in the blank why you think that, or, or I might think that. But one of the greatest lies of the enemy is that God cannot use us for whatever reason. But it's not true. Paul says this is a momentary thing that we face. We can persevere in this life knowing that it's only a temporary moment compared to the eternity that awaits us. But lastly, I, I see not only the power of the gospel and the, the per perseverance of the church, but thirdly, I see the perspective of eternity. Look at verse number 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In this final verse, the Bible gives us the perspective of two opposing sides, and that's the eternal versus the temporal. This verse begins by stating, while we look not at the things which are seen. You know, Paul focuses in on what are you looking at in this life? Is all of your focus and time and attention and money and effort going to things in this life that are temporal, that will one day vanish and go away and be of no value? And you'll have to stand before the God of heaven that created you and bought you and redeemed you with absolutely nothing to show for the salvation that he gave you. Absolutely nothing to show for your life that he blessed you with. Listen, what a sad reality that that could be. But God says it doesn't have to be that way. We can shift our eyes off of the, the, the temporal things of this life and, and cast them onto the eternal and recognize that this life is but a vapor. It's here for a moment and it's gone the next. So with whatever short vapor of a life God has given me, I want to do all that I can for Jesus Christ. I want to see souls saved. I want to see people come into church. I want to see God do a work in this generation in 2023 because, listen, the power has not changed. It's still there. He's the same God that saves your soul. He's the same God that can save somebody else's soul. If we're faithful to preach the gospel, if we're faithful to do what God has called us to do. But so many times, it's easy for us to focus so much on the temporal things, on my comforts and what's going on in my life, that the devil has put blinders on our eyes to not see the eternal realities all around us. You know, what a difference it would make if we looked at people around us as the never-dying souls that they really are. Say, so God, help us to see people as they really are, as souls that are on their way to either one of two places, either heaven or hell. Boy, what a life-changing reality that is. You know, the danger lies when Christians begin to lose sight of the reality of eternity. You know, God has given us the privilege of having the Word of God and, the, and understanding what's going to happen and what's going to take place in the future. And I'm excited for the Lord to come back. I'm excited for Jesus Christ to return and make things right. I am. But I also understand the reality of what that means for millions upon millions of people that don't know Jesus Christ. And that, that, that millions of people that we talk about the second coming, but they've never even heard of his first. And it is our job as a church of Jesus Christ in this day and age to preach the gospel to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, D.L. Moody, he was a a wonderful man of God, used greatly by the Lord. He's quoted as stating, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. You know, our greatest fear in 2023 as the church of Jesus Christ should not be of failure, 
but at succeeding at things in this life, receiving the accolades, receiving all the, 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 the prophets, receiving all these great things in this life, and yet succeeding at something that doesn't really matter in the eyes of God. What's most important to you in this life? What, made it, what motivates you to continue on? God has saved you and given you an opportunity with this short little time span that we have on this earth to do something for Jesus Christ. And listen, here's the good news about serving God. We are faithful in carrying the message, and he's the one that brings the power. You don't have to put all the pressure on yourself of being a soul winner. Listen, you've got to be faithful in doing what God has called you to do and letting him take care of the rest. And God will show himself faithful to you every single time. He's never let me down. I know he's never let you down, and he will never start letting us down. It's important for us to always keep this life in perspective, the reality of eternity. You know, in conclusion, we see the power of the gospel to save those that are blinded and lost, and we see the perseverance that we ought to have as the church of Jesus Christ in this age, and we also see the perspective of eternity that we get to have as Bible-believing Christians. But I just want to close with this uh, illustration, this story. During my time in Africa, we were there, and, and many times we would go on outreach every single Saturday. And I can remember one particular time, there was a young man. He's about 18 years old. He had just graduated from high school. And a missionary had gone to his community and planted a church. And from that, he heard the gospel for the very first time. This young man had grown up in animism. He had worshipped his ancestors. He had done all the right things. He had tried to be a, a good kid. But when he heard the gospel for the first time, he had never heard it before, and God radically transformed I mean, he threw away everything else that he had previously been doing, and he sold out for the Lord. It was the best thing that he had ever heard about. And I can remember this young man, he got on fire for the Lord. He comes to outreach, and he says, you know, Brother Josh, I know for a fact that my mom is not saved. Will you come with me? You know, how many of you know that when you get saved, you get burdened for somebody else? This young man was burdened for his mom. And so I remember he comes to church and he says, Josh, will you come with me? I, I've just recently gotten saved. Will you take your Bible and I'll translate for you. She doesn't speak English very well. I'll translate for you, but will you just come with me and share the gospel that's tra transformed my life to her? Because I'm burdened for my mom. And I said, of course I will. So here we go. We take off from the church and we're going down these roads in Africa. And I say the word road very loosely because a road in Africa is pretty much anywhere that a car can fit. Okay, this is now a road. So we're going down these roads, and we're walking through uh, these, these dirt roads, and all around us, you can just picture and imagine uh, these people will, will gather literally any kind of material that they can possibly find, whether it be sheet metal or plywood or anything, and they'll just throw it together into a shack, and many times 10 to 15 people will live in just a small little radius of the shack. And as we're passing through there, we're passing all these houses, and we finally arrive at his mom's house, and we walk inside, and there she is, she's cooking, and she knows I'm from the church, and She's so sweet, and she's so kind, and she sits us down, and she's like, oh, please, I would love to talk with you. I'd love to talk with you. And so as we begin to sit there, church, I began to open my Bible, and I shared with her the gospel. I mean, things that I heard in Sunday school, nothing to me that was, you know, crazy or, you know, something way out there. Just God's simple plan of salvation. Things that I learned in my young Sunday school class as just a seven-year-old boy. I began to open my Bible, and I walked through the Romans road, and I told her about who Jesus is, and about how Christ died on the cross for our sins, and that it's not by good works that we can do, but only by placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, that we can have complete forgiveness of sins, 
and that God will save us. And I can remember he's translating the whole time, and the whole time this lady, she's kind of wringing her hands, and she's locked in on my eyes, and she's listening to every single word so intently. You can tell that she's really processing what she's hearing. And finally, as we wrap up, I, I, I offered her a chance to be saved, and she said, you know, I, I need to think about this. I, I need to think about all of these things that you've told me. And I can remember I looked back across at her, and I said, ma'am, has anybody ever told you what I just shared with you? I mean, remember, this is, this is like Christianity 101. This is Bible basics. I see it on billboards going down the street all the time. And this woman looked back at me and she said, you know, Brother Josh, this is the very first time in my life anybody has ever told me what you just said. And I've grown up in church my whole life. And I thought, wow, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those that believe not. But listen, church, God has placed you and I here to make a difference, to take the good news of salvation to the uttermost parts of the earth, not just Mozambique, Africa, but even right here in Jupiter, Florida. God wants you to get involved with reaching souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people that are hurting and dying and on their way to hell within only miles of this place. God is looking for somebody that he can use in a great way to see the gospel preached throughout the whole earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. God, we thank you for your word, that it's true. It's powerful. God, we just ask you to help us, Lord. Help us to be soul winners. God, help us to be soul conscious. Help us to not get so caught up in what we're doing in this life that we lose sight of the opportunity that you have given us to make a difference for eternity. God, I am preaching to a group of people tonight that are going through problems that I don't understand, but that you do. Father, will you meet them where they are tonight? God, will you show them that you are not done in using their life? And Father, will you help us to be bold in proclaiming the gospel message in Jupiter, Florida, and around the world? Father, we ask that you bless the rest of our time here together and the rest of the service. Pray these things in Jesus' name.